listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Sports Pharmacy Podcast. My name is Dr. H and I am your host. I am a wellness pharmacist, pharmacy owner, and certified sports nutritionist. Join me while we discuss a wide range of topics ranging from health and wellness, sports, and even some small business secrets. Feel free to join our Discord for more interactions with me and other fellow listeners. Now let's get into the show. Hello, everyone. Dr. H here. I have a great guest that I'm going to share a quick story as soon as I introduce her. And she is, and I, I don't know if she knows this or not, but I, I remember this conversation very vividly. First off, I have Dr. Lisa Foss with me here of Diversify RX. Um, hi, Lisa. How are you? Hi, Amush. It's good to see you. Um, I want to share a quick story about first about how we met, and then second, how you contributed to this podcast more than you know. We'll just start with that. Ooh. Yeah. Um, first, I think I met you first at a PDS conference. It was right before COVID, February 2020. Um, that was crazy how we were able to pull that off and still make it back and the, the very last event i remember after that event i went to disney for five days and the day after we left disney they shut it down like we, oh my goodness it was just before the you know everything the hit big the shutdown it was yeah. man that, that was a crazy time to really think back in the, the three years ago that we had to go through that but anyway I sent Lisa a text message after she uh, she started Diverse Fire X. Great program. We'll get into it, how it helps small business owners, uh, pharmacy owners, and how much I've learned from it. Um, she had a, uh, a meeting in Dallas that we went to, um, and that, that was amazing. I learned so much cool stuff, brought it home to, to, to our pharmacy. Um, we are both local. She lives on the uh, the west side of the Metroplex. I'm on the uh, the east side of the Metroplex, or a little further apart. Um, but I texted her, and she gave her number to us, and she's been very grateful. And she, anytime you need any information from her, she's there. I texted her. I said, Lisa, I really, really want to start doing a podcast and social media stuff. You sent me two words and repeated it three times, and it stuck with me, and it was just do it three times. And I was like, all right, that's all I needed to hear. And here we, here we are, episode how much episode 12 of this. Um, so it's been great, man. And I, I appreciate you more than you know. Oh, well, thank you. Um, you know, I'm a big believer that action trumps everything. Like the only way to get out of the holes to start, you know, climbing. And so, you know, my answer to everything is just do it. Like just do it. it's the only way over the fear. It's the only way of like, I don't know how it's like, Go figure it out. Like, that's just my natural <laughs> instinct. Like, just do it first and, like, figure it out later. So um, that's awesome. That makes me feel a little warm and fuzzy yeah. and give me chills. So I, I, We need to get you a Nike sponsorship if you got Just Do It going on. Yeah. Right that's, that's, that's the next step, right? Yeah, I, I will gladly, uh, you know, put a swoosh on, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm a, che- I'm a I'm a stripes guy versus the checks, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll you know, go. I don't even like pay attention. I'm so ter- <laughs> I'm so terrible at like those minute details. Like I I really really am. My my brain is so like got blinders on. Like I've trained it so long over so many years that yeah. like I just I just oblivious to certain things. So. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it happens. There's there's always going to be some things that you can focus on and some things you're not. And that, that yeah, applies I mean, to business ownership, right? Yeah. Well, you talk about the pandemic in that last conference in February. I remember some people in the backstage in the green room, they were watching news and they're like, oh, there's this infection. There's things. And I'm like, 
don't worry about it. Like <laughs> we all I was say so that. focused on like, creating the content. Like I had no idea. I was like, you're fine. Go to Europe. You're like, you're okay. Go enjoy you're it. <laughs> yeah, go to Italy. That was a good idea. <laughs> what could happen? You know, yeah, I had no clue. Yeah. I, I was, man, I was in the airport on the way to Orlando at DFW and I was like, hey, maybe I should buy a bottle of hand sanitizer at this little store here. And I was like, this will protect me. It'll be fine. Shook hands with everybody, met with so Ever. many cool people. It was my first conference as a business owner. Because at oh. that point, I was six months into ownership. So I was like, oh, this is cool. And then the pandemic just slapped us. That's what happens. Yeah. No, well, that's, uh, you know, and, and God, I, I don't know that. I hope we never go through something like that again. But what a thing to live through. Like, it yeah. is seriously, that is going to be like the stories when we're old and, you know, yeah. talking yeah. to our great grandkids. Like, those are the stories we're going to be sharing. So. We're not going to be talking about the Vietnam War. We're like, I lived through COVID-19. Let's talk about yeah. that. <laughs> um. So let's get into it, man. Uh, Diversify RX. How did you let, let's let's introduce your first RX to our listeners. Tell us a little bit about it. Obviously, tell us a little bit about yourself and and kind of your your venture that you tried to go into, Doctor Lisa. Yeah. So the best way to describe myself is I am a serial entrepreneur. Um, I just love business. I'm a marketing nerd. Um, I love the startup phase. Like I love creating things. Uh, my brain is just a problem solving brain. So for me, starting a new business is like one big problem that needs to be solved. And I just, I love it. And for whatever reason, you know, God put me on this earth and I know how to make pharmacies profitable. I know how to run businesses, especially brick and mortar, like local businesses. You know, if you tell me, you know, you want me to go run like some of Amazon affiliate store or something like I have no clue about that. But if you're a brick and mortar, like local business, like that is my jam. Like I just, I love local communities. I love locally independent businesses and I'm a pharmacist by education and by trade. I don't practice anymore, but that is my passion. And so those two things come together. And so I, I've owned my own pharmacies. I started my first pharmacy in California. Um, and then in 2012, I sold that and I went to work for a company you mentioned earlier, PDS, um, that was like a coaching and consulting kind of company. And I got to work with like thousands of pharmacy owners and, um, I just really, you know, kind of honed my skills in of like, um, all the cool things that are hard to do out there. I'm just, I love finding new things. And when I owned my first pharmacy as a startup, and you've probably experienced some of this, Hamushas, I did everything right and everything wrong. Like I did some amazing, (laughs) incredible things. And I also like did some face palm, like I can't believe I made that decision things. Uh, And so I really love bringing that experience because gosh, I have over like 20 some odd years experience now in pharmacy. Like I'm getting old. Um, Uh, it doesn't I, look at like over 30 if you can't yeah, see this right when, now. When it gets close to 30, I'm, I don't know. That's going to be a little scary. Uh, and I love bringing that experience to new pharmacy owners so they don't have to like stumble like mm-hmm. I did. Because when I went to pharmacy ownership, I knew – I knew nobody. I knew nobody who owned a pharmacy. I had no network. I had no support. I was literally felt like I was on an island and I fumbled through it. And right now with independent pharmacy, you know, that was back when I started my pharmacy. It was 2005. That was almost like a completely different industry. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, you can make mistakes and you could still survive and you could still actually thrive. Whereas nowadays, that is not the case at all. We are in a completely different industry. It is cutthroat. Mm-hmm. Um, margins are, I mean, slimmer than razor thin. Yeah. Uh, you can't afford to stumble because if you do, like, you're talking about your livelihood. You're talking about not being able to meet payroll or pe- meet uh, wholesaler obligations. So I just love bringing all of those years of experiences 
um, on both the pharmacy ownership side, also just general entrepreneurship. I mean, we've owned car dealerships, paintball businesses, sports <laughs> organizations. Like it's kind of crazy all the different things that my husband and I and our family have done in terms of entrepreneurship. And so I just love bringing all of that in to the independent pharmacy. And, you know, yes, I'm a pharmacist by education, you know, went to pharmacy school, but really I'm so passionate about independent pharmacies because it's about the patient. Mm -hmm. I truly believe as somebody who's worked for chains, owned pharmacies, been in lots of areas of this, of this industry, I know that patients are best served by that local independent pharmacy. Um, they get the best pharmaceutical care. And our patients, our country, our you know citizens all across cities, big and small, they deserve to have good pharmacy care. I know everybody mm -hmm. talks about good doctors and good hospitals, but you can't have complete health care without having really good pharmacy care. And just handing somebody a, you know pills in a bottle and like saying, good luck, you know, may the odds be in your favor that <laughs> you know, how to use this um, is not how we do that. And so I truly believe that saving independent pharmacy um, is a way to bring quality care to our citizenship and, and how to get us all healthy. You know, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. we all see the, the trends of what's going on in there. And so really, that's my passion is to save independent pharmacy um, because we deserve to thrive because we provide awesome care to our patients. Yes. And uh, the only way to do that, frankly, is to make a profit. Yep. Um, and a lot of pharmacy owners, I'm sure you've probably run into this, like feel kind of icky talking yep. about profit. Yep. Like it's kind of like, oh, I need to go wash myself. Like, yeah. I Because somehow like profit and healthcare aren't supposed to like mix. Makes us um, feel bad, right? Like yeah. as an owner, I, I would not want to take advantage of a patient to make money you, for you myself. You think of profit as like, oh, I'm swindling or right. I'm doing something bad right. to make a profit. And it's because we we as pharmacy owners have been like martyred, um, you know, the martyrs of the healthcare world that, you know, it's like, no, no, you're pushed down here. You know, you don't deserve this. Mm -hmm. uh, you're only doing it right if you lose money 20% of the time, you know, yeah. like those kinds of things. And somehow, but really when you run a business, profit comes from you providing an awesome service right. and somebody wanting that service and paying for it. Like it's a good thing. It means everybody's won when you get to make a profit. Um, obviously as, as long as you're not selling the drugs out the back door, which yep. you know, we don't want yep. that kind of profit. We will but, we were frowned on that one. Yeah. Yeah. We, we frown upon <laughs> that. That's not a marketing strategy that I, that I condone. Um, and so, but profit is a good thing. And so a lot of, a lot of what I do is just try to change the mindset that it's okay to make a profit. You know, if you provide a good business and good service and you treat your patients well, and that causes them to come and spend more money with you, like mm -hmm. that's a win, win, win. Like everybody wins in that scenario and it's okay to make a profit. So that's my passion. That's what I love. That's what I get up and do every day. Um, and I'm so blessed that I get to be able to do that. So Absolutely. And, and Lisa's uh, passion is definitely infectious. And I remember we we recently just had another uh, Diverse FireX meeting in, uh, in Orlando, correct? Yeah, we had a conference yep. there and- that was my first speaking engagement as a uh, as a farm influencer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I think I was I, I don't I don't remember the story, but I, I got into Orlando like a, like to my hotel like five a.m. that night. Yeah, I remember you texting me. Awful. You're like, I've had like two hours of sleep. I'm yeah, like, I was like, I'm here. Let's do it. You're good. <laughs> You're good. Um, and one one thing that I I took away and it still sticks with me today is that um, I, I work every day at my pharmacy. And to me, that's that's difficult, right? Like, yeah, we are doing well, we're thriving, we're going in the right direction. Um, but one thing that I, I learned from a lot of the cool people that I met was that I'm, I'm working too much in my pharmacy, not on my pharmacy. And that applies to a lot of other businesses too, right? I mean, 
this business is my is my baby. Like I, I we take care of everything, and it's like I said, this applies to all business ownership. So I hired a great pharmacist. Uh, she's working for me now at, at least one day a week. Soon she'll be starting doing two days a week uh, to start, you know, help pulling me out and do cool things like this and and meet cool people. Um, but yeah, I, I I I learned so much from just being around really smart people that have done this a lot longer than I have. Um, and we got to talk about your shirt um, because it's one of my favorite things. And I'll, I'll tell everyone the nickname that I give you every single time. So I, I, for the audio people, she has a shirt that just says pharmacy badass. And that's, that's what she tries to push for her pharmacy owners is to, is to reach that level. And I call her captain badass is what I call her. <laughs> um, so t- tell us a little bit about the motto and, and kind of what you see the, the future of pharmacy going into. Yeah. So pharmacy owners are this weird bunch. And I I can say that because I'm part of that weird bunch. You know, we talked about, you know, we're clinicians first for the most part, even people who are just, I'll say entrepreneurs of pharmacies, they may not be pharmacists. They understand that it's a healthcare business first. And so there's this, this weird dichotomy, as we said, that like somehow profit and um, business stuff is like separated from healthcare that you can be a really good healthcare professional, really great pharmacist, and you'll just make it. Um, and it's just not the way it is anymore. It's cutthroat. There's all forces from everywhere. A lot of, you know, the lay people always think it's the competition. Oh, Amazon's hurting the independence. Not really. It's, it's this whole secret organization that most people don't know about PBMs, which is, you know, where we live in our world. And you just, you can't run your pharmacy as just an average business owner anymore. You used to be able to be a great pharmacist. And if you were just an okay business owner, like those two things put together meant you would have a successful pharmacy. And today, nowadays, you you can't. You have to be amazing. You have to be an awesome owner, business person. You have business acumen and be awesome at pharmacy services. Like you have to have both. And so to me, like when I was first talking with uh, pharmacy owners and I was first creating diversify and I was at this weird point in my life where, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grow up. I was, I was applying for some jobs. I had left a job. Uh, I thought it was going to be like, a the, the second long-term job of my career. And, uh, it didn't work out. And I was just kind of left like, what do I do? So I was applying for all these different jobs. I was actually considering leaving pharmacy and it was giving me like this really big anxiety. And so I just started talking to pharmacy owners because I loved helping pharmacy owners. So I just started taking calls and just helping people and doing things. And, you know, and and they're the ones that kind of started like this, the terminology, you know, badass. And I was like, pharmacy badasses, like, that's what I want to create. Like, I want to create this world of independent pharmacies where they're all pharmacy badasses. You know, they know what they want. They're willing to go after it. You know, we ban timidness because like that's the biggest thing that I think hurts pharmacy owners is they're scared because when we put our pharmacy hat on, our pharmacist hat on, we need to be perfect. You know, you want to dispense perfect, no mistakes, no nothing, which is perfect for healthcare delivery. Mm -hmm. But when you're a business and an entrepreneur, perfection holds you back and perfection strangles you in terms of growth and creativity and innovation. And it's really hard for pharmacists to make that switch. And so like badasses to me, like when we were talking with some pharmacy owners, it was just a boldness and a willingness to like, just jump before you actually see like the entire path. And so that is really my goal. If I'm going to save independent pharmacy, we need to create, you know, 16,000 or so, however many pharmacy owners there are out there, nobody quite knows, but about 16 or so thousand 
thousand of pharmacy badasses. You know, I want and independence can be amazing. And every everywhere I travel, I'm sure you know, and pharmacy owners are like everywhere. You go into a pharmacy and you kind of that first impression. And my local pharmacy that I go to, God bless them, I love them. But man, you walk in there and it is the blandest thing. Like oh, it's no. just like I'm like, man, this this could be so awesome. Like they have yeah. an amazing location and blah blah. You know all the things, and it's like blandness is not going to work anymore. <laughs> you right. know, yeah. you've got to do something different. And that, you I mean, that's one of the reasons I love sports pharmacy. I, I, I did a lot of sports pharmacy in my first pharmacy and mm-hmm. you know, you, you've got to just diversify. I mean, that's, that's, that's it. Problem. That's it. Yeah. You got to diversify and do something different. And so anyways, that is my passion because I want just a bunch of independent pharmacy owners that are bold. They're willing to take chances. They're willing to serve their patients how their patients need to be served. And that's how we'll be successful because it is freaking hard. It is, it is. absolutely hard out there, but people like you, Hamoush, and, and tons of our members, because um, we have a membership for, for pharmacy owners, they prove that it can be done and you can be super successful. But mm-hmm. the only way to do that is by being different than just plain Jane pharmacy because that, yep. that won't work. Yeah. And um, I, I've witnessed it here specifically with, uh, you know, being in the Frisco area. I've seen two pharmacies close in my area, man. It's crazy. Yeah. One, one of them was a huge compounding pharmacy, like about, I would say about six miles away from my pharmacy up here. And um, I knew the pharmacy owner, uh, his name was Brad. And like, I, I don't know, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't think of words of, of, of how I can help them. I don't, I don't see other pharmacies like that as my competition. I don't No. I just, I just feel like we should have like something like you're building a unity that comes with it. Right. We're all fighting against the same thing. We're all trying to take care of the patients the right way. And you, you mentioned PBMs and we can we can do a whole podcast on PBMs <laughs> at one point and pharmacy benefit managers for the listeners out there um, and how it is that they're making money off of every single step of, of uh, pharmacy and healthcare. Um, but at, at some point, you have to change your model. And during COVID, that was one thing I had to learn was that, you know, the 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 insurance reimbursements awful. The medications that you're trying to bill for, terrible. Um, I had a patient that brought me a prescription for a, um, oh gosh, what was it? It was some sort of nasal spray. And I I felt so bad and I, I had to fill it anyway and be, understand that I will never turn a patient away because of this. And I didn't in this case. The I lost $160 on one prescription. One prescription. And I, I feel bad turning them away. And I'm like, you know what? I'll make up for this some other way. And that's, that's what we had to do. And for us at our pharmacy now, we're at 96% cash business. And I am so proud of that because I don't have to worry about audits. I don't have to worry about um, PBMs changing their rules. And God only knows how much money they're going to take away from me in 2024. But they'll find a way somehow. Yep. Um, and that's, that's, that's a lot, you know, really thanks to you, Lisa. I mean, I, I, I pushed for that at my pharmacy because of your program. And I'm not overcharging customers. Customers will pay to go to a good pharmacy. Absolutely. And I've had patients tell me, you're more expensive but we come to you because a you'll always have it done and b you guys are awesome and that's 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 all you got to do yeah this whole this whole mindset somehow in pharmacy that like patients won't pay for services um, I don't know where it started. If I could ban one thing, that would probably be like the thing I would love to change the most. Um, and I, I experienced the same thing too. So my pharmacy where I was 
in when I lived in California where my pharmacy was, it was a big city. You know, the greater county had over a million people. Oh, you know, wow. my pharmacy was in like the northwest part of town. And one time I plotted all of our patients on like a map. I wanted to see where our patients were. And I kind of assumed they'd be like this cluster around the pharmacy. And I was so surprised that they were actually very spread out. And I started to think about that as like, these patients probably passed 50 other pharmacies on the way to my pharmacy. Like there certainly was no shortage of pharmacies. Uh, and there's a reason that they came to me. And it was because we provided a different experience. We, we always took care of the patient. We always offered them that next thing. We always solved their problems. It wasn't just about dispensing a product. It was about solving their problems. And I think the pandemic taught us a lot of lessons, but I think one of those lessons is that patients actually enjoy more control over their healthcare and they will pay for things that they want. I kind of learned this long ago. My very first job as a pharmacist was at Kmart. Um, Kmart doesn't even exist anymore. There's yeah. probably people I had, a I had a rotation at Kmart, actually. Did you? Yes. Yeah, well, I, I did in loved, Virginia. I loved working for Kmart and this pharmacy because they left it alone. It wasn't their mm -hmm. main business. So, like, the managers didn't know anything. They're like, you just go do your thing. And I was in a farming community in California, 99% Medicaid, and they were rolling out the FlavorRx program, which was a, oh, yeah. a flavoring thing for prescriptions for those of you that don't know. And... Um, I was the highest volume pharmacy in the entire Western United States in a Medicaid area. And, right. and you have to pay for the flavoring. And I learned an, such an important lesson there that um, it's not about can patients pay. I mean, there comes to a point where like, hey, I actually have no money. I can't pay you. But really, it's about do they want to pay? Mm -hmm. And the thing that I learned about is if a patient thinks they need it, like if they're if they're, you know, if they're prescribed a prescription to treat a disease and they're like, hey, I, I am entitled to this, they generally won't pay it. They want the insurance. They want somebody right. else to pay it. But if they want it, they will pay no matter what the cost is. That's one of the reasons why I love veterinary medicine and prescriptions. Oh, yeah. People will pay whatever is required for their pets. One of the reasons when I opened my first pharmacy, I focused on pediatrics. Not only was I pregnant at the time, so you know I was on mommy mode, but people will pay for their kids. They will sacrifice for their kids and pay for their kids before they'll pay for themselves. And so I learned such an important lesson early in my entrepreneur career that if you provide services and products that people want, you never have to worry about selling. You never have to worry about people choosing to pay because they want those things, you know, beauty, sex, health, anti-aging, you know, all of those kinds of things. Weight loss is, a weight loss. Yep. you know, yep. sports pharmacy, athletic performance, all those kinds of things. Those are things that people want mm -hmm. and they'll pay for it. And yep. so it, it was this really cool lesson I learned in my early 20s that just really helped shape kind of how I look at business. And so you're absolutely right. People will pay for what they want. They want an experience. Why do you go to Starbucks? You know, yep. I, that was another like lesson, like this dichotomy of you can get a cup of coffee at 7-Eleven for, you know, 99 cents or whatever, but people go and pay $5 or $6 for a cup. Why? Mm -hmm. And it's this experience. So I know Hamush in, in, in Frisco, you provide an experience. And sometimes that experience is the products you 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 the actual thing you sell but sometimes it's your friendliness mm -hmm. you know their name you ask them how their vacation was you know it can be a thousand different things but it's sticky and mm -hmm. it's unique and that's what keeps people coming to you and that's that's really what happens in our country all over at these independent pharmacies and that that really applies to all small businesses i mean it's absolutely it, it applies in restaurant business it applies in 
really anything that you want to go after. And that's part of the cool thing about where, you know, where I live in Frisco is that, you know, small businesses are the backbone of the city. And that's mm-hmm. why the, the pandemic didn't really affect us here. The, the economy is booming over here. We're, we're growing the, the, you know, as, as fast as anybody else. Collin County, the county that we're in, uh, we just got our appraisals for our houses. Ouch. That's number one. Uh, yeah. The property yeah, taxes. Us, yeah. us too. Us yeah. too. I, I'm in, I'm in Tarrant County. So yeah. yeah. Collin County uh, had average uh, price increases or appraisal increases 29% year over year. I can't even think of you know what reason that would be. I I had an insurance company for home insurance turn me down because they thought I was faking our our appraisal of our house. I swear <laughs> I have the paper they sent it to me. And I was like I don't know what you mean to tell you. Um, so you know small businesses are definitely the backbone, and that applies for you know any any sort of uh, facet of business. Um, so where do you see the future of pharmacy going, Lisa? I think there's going to be this huge personalization. I mean, I think medicine in general is going to personalization, whether it's, you know, genetics and matching to things, but more specialty drugs. But I really see pharmacies really branching off. I I, I don't think pharmacies should stop dispensing. I think I, I truly believe that independent pharmacies, you know, if prescriptions are required or needed, like an independent pharmacies where people should get their prescriptions. And we should be doing so much more than that, whether it's talking about drug induced nutrient depletion or talking about wellness, talking about, you know, there's this whole, I'm a functional medicine junkie. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's so many things that you can go in there, but, you know, let's help people get healthier. And that's, I'm, I'm, I'm almost the, a part of the the movement that's like anti-dispensing, dispensing pharmacies, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, it, if we need a dispense, let's dispense. Yeah. So let's not make that the the A to Z of, of healthcare and how we help people, you know, let's get some testing, let's do some services, uh, you know, let's help with supplements, let's, let's figure out what their goals are. And pharmacies and pharmacists are so underutilized. Um, mm-hmm. You know, patients who have a good relationship with their pharmacist know how valuable a pharmacist is, because we know a lot, like, it's amazing, you know, we don't, we we, we go through years of school. We have doctorate degrees. Most pharmacists spend, you know, eight years in schools. The, the typical, uh, many of them do residencies and fellowships now. Uh, and so we know so much about the systems of how everything fits together, that organic chemistry that, you know, the dreaded class that we oh. all had to take, <laughs> and, but that affects everything. And so it's like, we can help with weight loss. We can help with sleep, performance, anxiety, like gut health, like all these really cool things. And so I see pharmacies, the ones who are really successful are the ones who do dispensing really well and they, and they optimize it. I'm a big optimizing. Oh, yeah. You got to optimize it. That has operations. Yeah. They layer on other things. I always talk about the profit lasagna. Like, you know, you lay down the first layer and then you, you know, you keep building and keep building. And as you do that over time, you end up with this really awesome lasagna and you really, really end up with this really awesome pharmacy. You know, my pharmacy, I own a couple of pharmacies. Uh, When we buy them, we we do that. We, We fix all the stuff. We fix the core of the business. Then we start adding things where we, you know, sell supplements. We add point of care testing and, you know, you start just layering on things. And next thing you know, you know, you look back five years later and you're like, wow, holy moly, like I'm doing all kinds of things. But if you try to do it all at once, like you can't build a lasagna all at once. You can't just dump it in a pan. It has to be in layers. And I think that's the really important lesson for any business owner, whether it's pharmacy or something else, is that you can't look at like an Amazon or you can't look at something and be like, go try to emulate that. They didn't They didn't start there. You know, they started with books and they started with this and then they added this. And so that that whole just concept of a, a lasagna, I think, really helps. And it, it usually resonates with another pharmacy. And they're like, ah, oh, OK, I got to get sense, yeah. 
got to get the cheese down before I put the next layer of meat, you know? And so, but when you're done, you're doing it all. You just mm -hmm. can't start off doing it all and you got to take it step by step. And so, um, I, I actually am hopeful for pharmacies, even though there's all these negative things coming down because I see that patients are willing to pay. And I know the awesomeness that pharmacies can bring, you know, and you, you put them together and it's just, a, it's a beautiful outcome, but we have to be willing to change, Absolutely. you know, us as the pharmacy owner, us as the person leading, um, we have to invest in ourselves to learn about these new things and to be willing to change. And that's where that pharmacy badass comes from. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work. Hamush, you know this. I mean, you started yes. a podcast, you, you've done all these really cool things. It's like starting something and changing behavior is hard. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And it can be incredibly fruitful and worth that investment. And so we just have to make that initial investment first. And um, one thing that you that you push a lot, and you have a great newsletter that I get at Friday, twelve o'clock every single week. My date, my what, weekly awesomeness is that what it's called? Yep, yep weekly, my weekly awesomeness. awesomeness yep, um, that's I, I love that because it's always like small tidbits of something that you can take from it, and then you also give an update on your pharmacies too, which is really cool. Um, so I, it's definitely something that you know people can subscribe to on your website. Is that right? Yep, absolutely. It's free. Comes yeah. out every Friday, like you said. And. Um, yeah, Friday, 12 o'clock. I see it every single time. I'm like, oh, there, there she, there's Lisa again. Um, Lisa, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so DiversifyRx is the name of our company. So we have all the social media channels. DiversifyRx.com is our website. Um, my personal page is Lisa Faust, um, and that's Faust with two A's, as my husband says, and I'm now married into it, double A, double awesome. Um, and uh, yeah. That was good. That was good. I was expecting that. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, because like, how do you spell it? You know, so double A, double awesome, Lisa Faust. Yep. Um you know, we're on LinkedIn and Facebook and all the things. I'm I'm doing all my TikTok stuff, the giving TikToks, out my yep. minute videos. Yeah. Uh, because we're out here to save independent pharmacy. We actually have a lot of other small business owners that follow us and kind of like read the stuff because a lot of it's applicable. But uh, yeah, absolutely. So under Diversifier X or or the uh, my personal name, and then you mentioned the show that you've been to a couple of times. That's the Pharmacy Profit Summit. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can always uh, check that out as well. The next one is at Omni Dallas Hotel, August 4th through the 5th. Uh, sign up for all the updates. Uh, you're selling tickets now, is that right? Yep, yeah. selling yeah. selling tickets now. Uh, we're, yeah, we're at the big, beautiful Omni in, in yep. downtown Dallas, nice which one. is going to be awesome. And uh, yeah, coming up in August. So uh, don't worry, the air conditioning works very, very well inside the Omni. So uh, you'll be fine. It's the uh, the August heat in good old Dallas, man. I know a bunch of people that are going to be there. I actually spoke with the uh, one of the starters of, of Ugo. Yes. Um, and he was, uh, he, he lives out here too at DFW. He too, does. So I know. I'm so glad. I'm like, we just need to get all of y'all out here. Yeah. It's just all of everybody. North Texas party. <laughs> yeah. So they have a real bunch of, a bunch of cool, um, a bunch of cool speakers that are coming out. Um, I think one of my favorites is Yasser. I think he's going to have some really cool information uh, for everybody. Really great story about Yasser. You talked Please. about really quick, um, that you don't see other independents as your competition. So Yasser's from my hometown where I had my farm. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, okay. from, from, nice. from Bakersfield. And so um, he opened a pharmacy like, I don't know, a block away from me. And he was so surprised when he opened that I was so welcoming that I was like, let me let me share with you all my things. And this is why nice. I had my own pharmacy. And we became really good friends. Um, and, uh, you know, that was, gosh, probably 10 years ago or so now, like time flies. Um, but I've continued to watch him and continue to 
you know, mentor him and talk to him and, uh, you know, want see him thrive. But yeah, that's my hometown. Like a lot of people would have considered somebody like him a competition, but we just didn't look at each other that way. It's like, let's go take all the business from, you know, the CVS and the Walgreens and the Rite Aid that are treating patients horribly. Mm-hmm. And if we to do that, we have more business than we can handle. And so we never, um, you know, never looked at each other as competition. And that was, you know, that's just a great example of how you can literally be, block from another independent and you still both can thrive and Absolutely. be awesome. So yeah, I'll post the uh, link for the tickets that you can uh, buy your tickets now for the summit. Um, Dr. Lisa Faust, Diversifier X, man, we, we scheduled this yesterday, which was what, April 25th and yes. today, April 26th. She's, she made time for me. So it was really appreciate your time, Lisa. Well, thanks for asking Hamosha. It is so fantastic seeing you blossom and, and just that. grow yourself. So it's, it's fantastic. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, consider giving us a five-star review anywhere that you get your episodes. Follow us at Sports Pharmacy Pod, as well as me, your host, at Dr. Mixalot. Join our Discord server for more interactions with me and fellow listeners. As always, stay well, stay hydrated, and I will catch you next time.